Hey, come on in, come on in, and welcome to Entrepreneurs Can Party. Let me show you around. This is an entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, creatives, and those aspiring to be so. The aim is to introduce you to inspiring, like-minded people who are doing what they love every single day and having so much fun in the process. You see, business can and should be fun. I'm your host, Scott Stockdale, and it's my job to tease out their habits, routines, successes, failures, favorite resources, books, etc., etc. All that good stuff. Alrighty, make yourself at home, grab yourself a drink, and let's get this party started. Hey, hey, so welcome to episode 93 of Entrepreneurs Can Party. I'm your host, Scott, and on today's show, I'm going to be sharing five ways to encourage people to share their stories with you. These are tips and tricks I've picked up through hosting this very podcast, as well as being a listening volunteer at Samaritans for three years whilst at university, and also just more generally by living as a human being. So I thought it would make a nice change in tempo this week to to share these ideas with you. Before we jump into that, a couple of people I wanted to say thank you to. So Louise Croft, who appeared on episode 42 of this very show, as well as Amadeep Palmer, who will be appearing very, very shortly. We recorded an episode not too long ago, so yeah, he'll be featuring in an upcoming guest appearance. And the reason I wanted to thank these people is because they helped me put together a Medium article which has just blown up in this past week. So at the time of this recording, it has currently received 5.7k views, I think, on Medium, which might not sound a lot compared to, say, some YouTube channels and and even on Instagram, but actually for Medium, it's, yeah, it's gone... I don't want to say viral, but that might be a stretch, but yeah, certainly has done way better than I thought it would, you know, really smashed my previous best, which uh, an article I wrote around dating mistakes, which I think to date has had about 1.5k views. Anyway, the reason I wanted to share this is because, uh, yeah, Louise and Amadeep were influential in helping me write this, and it's actually a piece about how to uh, make over $17,000 a month passive income through Udemy courses, which obviously Louise has got experience in, and she was really helpful in giving me some tips and, and advice on the article. So as much to kind of, I guess you might say, kind of boast a little bit, although that's certainly not my intention, the reason I wanted to, to mention it is because I've banged on about Medium for the last couple of months, and it really is, in my eyes, such an underused platform. If you're wanting to get your thoughts out there and share your ideas with the world and potentially make money in the process, then Medium is a fantastic place to go to. I like to see it as the YouTube of writing. So you do get paid for your work if it does well, obviously. And I believe the article I've written is probably on course to make three figures quite comfortably. So maybe three to four hundred dollars, which is just for me insane. <laughs> so if you are wanting to yeah, get involved with Medium, there'll be a link to my page if you want to kind of get some inspiration, maybe get an idea of what sort of articles work or have worked for me at least. And of course, Amadeep, who I will also link to his profile in the show notes because he has, as we'll share later in, in a future episode, he has over a million views on Medium, which is insane. And he only started writing around this time last year. So he is someone I certainly look up to, really appreciate his writing, and uh, yeah, very influential to my latest piece. Anyway, on to today's show, and it's all about how to encourage people to share their stories with you. Hope you enjoy.
five ways to encourage people to share their stories with you. Between the ages of four and 11, I was ridiculously shy. I wouldn't talk. In a group, I was practically invisible. Throughout school and university, this changed. I became more confident. I also got the opportunity to speak with people from all over the world, from a range of different backgrounds. This was in part due to volunteering with Samaritans. Every Sunday for three years, I took phone calls and listened to the pains of others. I passed no judgment, gave no advice, and didn't share my experiences. I was simply present. Each call was different. Many shared their deepest, darkest thoughts. Others led me through their days. Some simply wanted to talk about their cats. It made me see that everyone has a unique lens through which they see the world. More recently, I've been the host of this very podcast, listened to in 52 countries across the world. When speaking to a guest for the first time, I have to establish rapport and encourage them to open up to me, just like they would a friend. To this end, I go above and beyond to make guests feel comfortable. For example, I give guests an opportunity to tell me beforehand if there are any topics they don't want to discuss during our conversation, so I don't catch them off guard. I also give them the opportunity to receive sample questions at a time, if they so wish. I've had enough awkward conversations in the past to know that only when guests feel comfortable will they reveal themselves to me. It's a skill I'm still developing, and I suspect it'll never stop. My introversion hasn't gone away either, and I usually spend one day a week doing absolutely nothing. You see, as much as I enjoy it, spending time with other people drains me, and I try to be selective about who I spend it with. With this in mind, here are five of the most important lessons I've learned so far about conversations which can help people feel more comfortable sharing their stories with you. Number one, avoid social scripts. A few months ago, I took a LinkedIn course by Vanessa Van Edwards about first impressions. One challenge she put forward was to go on a social script diet. In other words, Vanessa wants her students to avoid the boring questions we typically ask when we meet someone new, such as how are you or what are you doing? Instead, she recommends being direct to shoot for the more interesting details. I don't completely agree. I think social scripts play a role in lubricating conversations and making us feel at ease. Cutting straight to what's your dreams in life can come across as a little heavy. That's why for my podcast, my opening question to guests, which they're aware of in advance, is do you have a party trick or a hidden talent that people might not be aware of? It's playful, on brand, and relaxes us both into the conversation before we move on to deeper topics. As useful as they are, I do think jumping off social scripts within the first few minutes is a good way to explore these deeper topics. How do you do this? Vanessa recommends creating openings for the other person. For example, when a colleague asks me how I am, I might say, I'm really good thanks, although a bit sore from my workout this morning. I think my arm might drop off. This gives the other person the opportunity to ask about my workout, and I can gauge whether this might be an area of mutual interest. From here, we'd be able to take the conversation onto something more interesting. Because I've shared first, they're also more likely to reciprocate. Number two, pay close attention. One of my friends is brilliant at this. When I'm in their company, I feel like I'm the only person in the world. Their attention is on me. No distractions. I'm sure we've all been in a situation where we're in a conversation with someone and they are distracted. They're checking their phone or not looking at you when you speak. It's horrible. Giving your full attention to someone shows that you do care. You do want to hear what they have to say. It's something I always remind myself before jumping on a podcast. I close all the tabs on my laptop and deliberately put my phone in another room. In my experience, the first step to paying attention is looking at someone as they speak or being present on a call. The second is to listen to what they say rather than trying to think of what to say next.
The third is to let the conversation flow. And the fourth is to not be afraid of using the most underrated question in the world. I should remember that. How does it feel to you right now? Where appropriate, I like to pepper my podcast conversations with this question and follow these four steps. According to therapist Anne Connell from Focusing Resources, positive transformational change comes from how we feel right now, so it's not useful to dwell too much on past emotions. Number three, reveal parts of yourself first. As Julia Hovarth says, the deep connections happen over the rough stuff in life. I couldn't agree more. When I first started opening up to my friends about my dad, a remarkable thing happened. We instantly felt more connected. I don't know how it works, but being vulnerable and sharing bits of you makes the world feel less scary, less lonely. Where appropriate, I try to take the lead on sharing, particularly with people I don't know well. It gives the other person the air cover to reveal parts of themselves too. And if they don't want to, no stress. I simply give permission. Number four, embrace pauses. I was on the phone with someone at Samaritans who revealed they were feeling suicidal. In fact, they were sitting on top of a cliff, debating whether to jump. As they told me this, I didn't know what to say, so I didn't say anything. I chose not to. I could sense the caller wanted to say something else, maybe talk themselves out of it, so I let them. I listened, giving them space to think. This was the biggest lesson I learned from volunteering, and it was something that was drilled into me throughout my training. Embrace the pause. We're always in such a hurry to fill space that we often speak without thinking. So pause. Breathe. It could last a second, maybe two, and it can feel like forever. That's okay. Let it happen. That's when you know you found someone special. When you can shut the fuck up for a minute and comfortably enjoy the silence. Mia Wallace, Pulp Fiction. Number five. The magic is in the follow-up. What I've found in nearly all the conversations I've had is the gold is found when you go a few layers deep. Instead of taking an answer at face value, I like to dig into it to ask the questions others aren't willing to ask. As Richard Davis points out, be curious and you will be amazed at what you uncover. He applied this to interview situations, but it just as easily applies to everyday life. Here's one way Richard applies this. When people answer a question without being particularly revealing or by giving a very safe answer, what do you do? For instance, when asked about greatest weaknesses, someone says, I'm a perfectionist, or I work too hard. Rather than accept answers like that at face value, Seek to really understand the person by asking about the implications of their answers. Richard Davis I like to think of myself playing the role of a detective. Not because I'm trying to catch someone out, but because I'm genuinely curious. It's all about intent. Takeaways I'm by no means an expert at this stuff. There are also times when I'm tired, I can't be asked talking, and I just want to go home, even if I have podcasts I'm excited about. We're only human. Still, I've made a conscious effort to learn some of these softer skills, because I love hearing people's stories. They make me realise I'm not alone, and this couldn't be more important in present times. There are all sorts of tactics I've learned when it comes to connecting with people on a deeper level. The underlying theme, though, is this. People want to be heard. If you can offer this to someone, they'll appreciate the wonderful gift you're giving them. The gift of being present. Some people hate you. Some people doubt your sincerity. But the people who need someone to call, someone to share with, or someone to give to, these people will know who to call. They will call you, James Altucher. Hey, hey, so outsourcing to a virtual assistant for less than $5 an hour has been a game changer for me. 
My VA living in Vietnam is, for one, a lovely human being, and two, she saves me so much time every single week since we started working together in May 2020. She produces these episodes, she edits audio, she sends emails to guests, she creates social media posts, she writes show notes, completes ad hoc tasks, and we spend less than one hour a week communicating over Zoom and email. Pretty dreamy, am I right? Well, I now share all these systems, insights, and mistakes I've made in my very first Udemy course, so you too can outsource to a virtual assistant and save over 10 plus hours a week. Since launching in November 2020, over 80 students have enrolled and the course has received over 20 five-star ratings. To find out more, check out the link in my show notes where you can get an exclusive discount or visit udemy.com forward slash course forward slash outsource hyphen two hyphen a hyphen virtual hyphen assistant. That's not easy to say. Let me just repeat that. That's udemy.com forward slash course forward slash outsource hyphen two hyphen a hyphen virtual hyphen assistant for more details.